Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Bonnie, you and I had a similar story that we happen to have together in the show prep for tonight. And that is about depression. And you wanted to share that. Something that a lot of people, we were just talking, I think it was last night, about the, the just the insane amount of people that claim that they have anxiety and depression. You and Aria were talking about it on the yeah. show yesterday? Yeah, we just happened to be talking about that this week. I think it was yesterday, if not the day, the night before. But I think it was last night. And it's very, it seems very, very common amongst young people. Now, the two of you are, I think, our two youngest hosts. You're still in your 20s. Unless you count Zephin. Zephin's an occasional host, but yeah, he's. I guess he is younger than you guys. But it seems like a thing. Nikki, did you were you when you were you know going through high school or college or whatever? Did you have a lot of people that have anxiety? Oh yeah, around you? and especially now it's like the cool thing. Like being a sad girl is cool. It's like a a personality trait. So I, and it doesn't make sense because you would think that being happy. And fun to be around would be more cool, but for some reason, it's like a badge of honor to like have depression or anxiety or any of these other mental illnesses. Even the quote-unquote coolness of it is just in these people's minds. Like mm. uh, the idea that it's you're actually going to be like creating, uh, you know, a cool persona that people want to be around is completely just mad. It's just that people on the internet will give you more attention. Depression is not caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain, say, say scientists. There is no clear evidence that depression is caused by low serotonin levels, research suggests. The new review, which analyzed existing studies, suggests the condition is not likely caused by a chemical imbalance and calls into question what antidepressants do. So, like, one of the... I, I posted about this on Twitter in one of the you know, feedbacks, pushbacks I got about it was, oh, well, this isn't, I don't know how to explain it, but somebody said that the people who, I don't know the facts, so off the top of my head, but the people who did this study work for some kind of pack or something that is against antidepressants. But all they did was review existing studies. So it's not like they went and made a new study that Mm -hmm. was, you know, really pushed on their side to make it like, Oh, it's just going to show up to show that what we believe it's reviewing studies that already happened. Well, are they making money off of it? Like, what would their incentive be to to lie about this? You know, where pharmaceutical companies absolutely are making millions and millions and millions of dollars by telling people that they have a chemical imbalance in their brain. There's no way to fix it through meditation, through different thinking, through like healthy habits. The only way to fix it is to take our drugs that are very expensive. I'm not saying depression doesn't exist. We were talking about this during the break. Yeah, sure. I think that people can be depressed. I think that this study is good news for anyone who feels that way. Because it means that you're able to help yourself. You're able to get completely better, not go on a pill that you're paying for for the rest of your life that makes you numb to human emotions, which are an important part of growing as an individual, healing our world together. Speaking of people who are numb to human emotions, aren't like almost all of the school shooters on these drugs? Yeah. Yep. Well, or, you should see they? the side effects of SSRIs. It's 
homis- like homicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts, increased depression. There, it's so I just don't understand why they're even giving them to people I when a homicidal thoughts is a possible right, side, side effect. effect. And you know, some of them that aren't as nasty but still bad. Uh, I always tell this story of a friend of ours who was a co-host here on Free Talk Live in the early days. His name was Mike. And uh, he was on, I forget which one, or more than one, or whatever. He was on one of these things. And he said it made him break out all over his back. Like, mm-hmm. acne on his back all over the place. It killed his sex drive as well. And so, like, even if he had a sex drive, he had acne all over his back, which didn't make him feel particularly attractive yeah. uh, in that particular case. And it's just like, how is that not causing you to have depression, right? Like, now you have no interest in sex and you are really unattractive. The lead author, Joanna Moncrief, a professor of psychiatry at UCL, is a consultant psychiatrist, which psychiatrist instead of psychologist means she prescribes drugs. So it's like even more, uh, you know, reasons she might want to keep people thinking that they have an imbalance and need drugs. Sure. Well, and she probably has a lot of experience with it, too, because she sees people, she works closely with them, so she sees the effect of certain antidepressants. Oh, yeah. It says she is a consultant psychiatrist at Northeast London NHS Foundation Trust. She said, quote, it is always difficult to prove a negative, but I think we can safely say that after a vast amount of research conducted over several decades... There is no convincing evidence that depression is caused by serotonin uh, abnormalities, particularly by lower levels or reduced activity of serotonin. The popularity of the chemical imbalance theory of depression has coincided with a huge increase in the use of antidepressants. Prescriptions for antidepressants have risen dramatically since the 1990s, with one in six adults in England and 2% of teenagers now prescribed an antidepressant in any given year. I'm surprised it's it's that low, honestly. I mean, I feel like... But, uh, is that just England? Because I feel like England. it's way bigger. We believe this situation has been driven partly by the false belief that depression is due to a chemical imbalance. It is high time to inform the public that this belief is not grounded in science. Unquote. The Umbrella Review looked at all relevant studies that have been published in the most important fields of research on serotonin and depression. In total, these involved tens of thousands of participants. Wow. One of the findings was that research was compared or that compared levels of serotonin and its breakdown products in the blood or brain fluids did not find a difference between people diagnosed with depression and healthy people. The authors hmm. Wait, what? Just hmm. The authors also looked at studies where serotonin levels were artificially lowered in Hundreds of people. These studies have been cited as demonstrating that a serotonin deficiency is linked to depression. But a review of the research available in 2007 and a sample of recent studies found that lowering serotonin in this way did not produce depression in hundreds of healthy volunteers. Uh Oh, wow. Other studies looked at the effects of stressful life events and found that the more stressful life events a person had experienced, the more likely, likely they were to be depressed. And Makes see, sense. that's the thing that made, has always made sense to me. When you were telling people that you weren't feeling well or that you were feeling depressed, were they trying to take you to doctors well, or how did you end up you going know, that way? It, I think it was just being in toxic online communities where it was seen as cool and maybe some of my friends were exhibiting some of the same things. Mm-hmm. So it was just a sense of togetherness, mm-hmm. you know, and then... 
we can be miserable together. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Misery loves company, yes. right? So stuff yeah. like that. And then I also danced a lot when I was a kid. And I think maybe the stress from that and, you know, body image issues of mm-hmm. feeling like you need, you know, ballet is really hardcore. So like you need to look a certain way and act a certain way. And it's very, very strict. So I think all of those were just a very stressful combination for me. And it was just the only way that I could explain the way I was feeling. But once I, and it was actually funny, it all kind of happened at once. Once I started using psychedelics, smoking pot, I stopped dancing. I started, you know, diving into spirituality. I started practicing yoga. Once I made those really, you know, fundamental changes in my life, I saw the world a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, I had... All of a sudden, I could see rainbows instead of storm clouds. You know what I mean? And I've seen a lot of other people do stuff like that. I've seen people who have severe PTSD take mushrooms and that and can... And cured. I've always just held my tongue because I've always just had like kind of an intuitive uh, belief right. that, that, that there's no way it's an incurable and it's just in your brain... That but, it's the pharmaceutical companies that are pitching a product. Yeah, it's kind it. of a sensitive subject, too. Exactly. So, But the thing is, you wouldn't say that because as soon as you said anything to somebody, if you were going to say, why don't you try meditation? The, mm-hmm. They would get insulted. That's right. And yeah. they would say, it's not that easy. I have a chemical imbalance. Like, that's their the doctors like, told me. That's well, their, like, you know no more talking about mm-hmm. it uh, phrase is it's a chemical imbalance. Well, and you know what? I've stopped trying to play the hero with people. You know, I'm just done playing that game. I've tried to help people and share my story with them and say, he, hey, like, here's what I've done to cure some of my depression and anxiety or, you know, these things worked for me and other people. When people just don't want to hear it, they don't, you know, I'll, I'll share with people, but it's... You know, there were so many people who I, because yoga really, really worked for me. I mean, it, it just really changed my life. So mm-hmm. there were some people who I knew were really depressed that I reached out to them and I'm like, listen, I'm going to save you. Like, I'm going to save your life. Like, this is, Doesn't and work. I got really excited about it. Yeah. And then I realized you can't hero people. Mm-mm. They have to do it themselves and they have to be ready for it. So. Yeah, because it, you're, there's no outside source. There's no p- magic pill that'll make your life better. Professor Moncrief said, quote, we do not understand what antidepressants are doing to the brain exactly. And giving people this sort of misinformation prevents them from making an informed decision about whether to take antidepressants or not. I mean, can you imagine after however many decades these things have been around? It's certainly been my whole adult lifetime that these various variations of SSRIs have been around. After that many decades for this professor to say we don't understand what antidepressants are doing to the brain exactly. I mean, we're talking about experimental medication at this point. If you don't know what the medication does, then you are in an experimental category. And like you pointed out that it's been around your whole adult life, but Mm -hmm. you're not, you know, a thousand years old. Things that people used to use for thousands of years are, have only recently been phased out or made illegal, like mushrooms and Mm -hmm. DMT and all that stuff that can actually help you uh, to find out how to help yourself. Um, those things got phased out of society, you know, fear mongering, making them illegal, punishing people for taking them. And then this came along. This is really new. Like you're saying, it's an experimental drug. The first time I really had, you know, depression, in my opinion, was when I got broken up with by or I broke 
it was an ugly situation with my first the girl that I was in love with the first time, and that was a really hard situation to uh, to deal with. But I moved on and you know got things done after that. And I just some people use depression as their excuse to rely on experts and doctors and pills. And it's these people in the study are saying you don't have to do that. And I don't know if you touched on this in the last hour, Bonnie, but the placebo effect is worth talking about. We did talk about mushrooms and other alternatives like natural treatments uh, that can really help people with these mental issues. But as it turns out, placebo also works pretty well. Uh, Bonnie and I were listening to an audio book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It was actually recommended by Carlin Borshenko, who is uh, running for governor here in New Hampshire as a Libertarian Party candidate. And it was an excellent book for anybody. It's that... called You Are the Placebo. Thank you. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. And basically the book is the bulk of it is just kind of all these stories about the placebo effect in various different circumstances in different cultures and and over, you know, decades or whatever. And looking at the way people's beliefs about something can change how their body is reacting. Just the fact that a placebo you know, if you're somebody out there who suffers from depression, you are of the belief system that it's necessary to have a doctor, it's necessary to have a pill, it's necessary to have some sort of pharmaceutical. And then you hear that a placebo can cause, can cure depression. That should be an indicator that no, you do not need an SSRI. No, you don't need a doctor to hold your hand through this. And you don't need to go through this sort of traditional medical path that never ends and is just ever, you know, endlessly prescribed medications. And I just can't even imagine going down that road, but there's so many people. So just take it under advisement that if the placebo can cure depression, then depression can be cured without drugs. Because remember, a placebo is just a sugar pill. That's all it and, is. You know, speaking of the peppermint tea, it makes me think about all the people who ha- report amazing transformations in their health from things like um essential oils mm-hmm. like uh, there's not very much evidence that those things actually work but there are people that swear by it sure. so they probably read somewhere from someone else peppermint tea or something can do x and believe and it. they complete they believe it yeah. and then it works for them yeah. i've been hearing that they're gonna put the um speed cameras way up high on top of the poles so that people just can't go up and uh, saw it off. They can shoot them down. (laughs) The old paintball gun. Well, I don't know what they're going to do. Is that what they're going to do? I mean, go down there. I mean, they could. There have been people who have done those sorts of things. I consider them heroes. Paintballs, but... Yeah, paintball is a good one because then you're not... I mean, you are... It's still going to damage the equipment probably, but it's not going to... Most of it's water soluble, so I mean it might just rinse off over time. I don't know. I've never well, you actually don't risk shot a camera. A person. Well, that's true. I mean, that's true. Yeah, you, if you shot with a gun, it could the bullet you could miss, and the bullet could come down and, and hurt somebody. So that's a good point, Bonnie. Um, but yeah, so that's happening out there, huh? Um, you know, I just I called the mayor's office. And said, Are you going to continue the speed cameras just because somebody just thought it out? Is that going to be the end of it? So. So it looks like else? they will put them back up wherever they're drag racing and um, uh, speeding and whatnot. So they will do it. See, the only I problem- didn't realize that. Sorry, I didn't realize the part of this story, Sarah, that somebody already went and saw the, your, your <laughs> precious uh, speed, speeding cameras down, red light cameras. 
Yeah, they, it was they put up actually for 17 whole days. And um, I'm, I think they did it in the middle of the day. I got a few things I can help with. Uh, radiation poisoning, uh, depression, and Captain Kangaroo, I'll go over them real quick. If you take blood work and you're depressed, you'll find you're uh, low in lithium. A lady called up, said she had radiation poisoning, and they sell potassium oxide tablets for that. And there's a thing called cordyceps sinensis mushroom that cleans the body out of radiation. Matter of fact, you're supposed to take that before you have any uh, MRIs, x-rays, and stuff like that. And it'll be have less effects on your body. Could you repeat the name and of the mushroom? Cordyceps sinensis. Okay. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, but interesting. <laughs> Thank you. And Major Payne called up a couple of weeks ago and said, Bob Crash and Captain Kangaroo was caught saying that ought to hold a little beast for the night. It wasn't Captain Kangaroo, uh, Major Payne. It was uh, Uncle Al. He was caught what? Okay. What did you say? I couldn't uh, make it out. He Major, was caught what? Major Payne uh, said that the mic was left on. And the guy was Captain Kangaroo. He said, that ought to hold the little bees for the night. And it wasn't Captain Kangaroo. It was Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. I don't, we, I don't we know. We must have not been on for that episode because it, uh, I'm not sure what. That'll hold the little beast or bees? Bastards. So back into the, uh, the Indiana jail story where apparently... This happened where uh, jail uh, one jail guard turned over keys to two inmates. They then went and had their awful time with some of the females uh, in the female block, and there was no one who stopped them for hours. Well, and it's interesting because they only named that one correctional officer, mm-hmm. but clearly there were more than one person working at think. this facility. You so clearly there were many people in on it because any normal person would stop that you know it would it couldn't just be one guard outnumbering everybody else that was working i mean so. g- given this the amount of money that governments have at their disposal i cannot believe that we are in the year 2022 and clark county jail in indiana doesn't have a camera system doesn't have somebody monitoring that camera system and doesn't have guards that are in every single cell block. But maybe they just are, you know, scraping by. They can't find employees in this one guard. And, you know, maybe there was one other guard in the whole place. I don't know. I don't know how. Well, I can't imagine that there's a jail without cameras. I, I can't either. It's just unbelievable to me. This, I mean, I suppose it's possible there's this some rinky dink jail and. I don't know where Clark County is or how, how many uh, people live there that it's just never had an upgrade. Multiple men apparently bribed a guard at Clark County Jail in Indiana. Allegedly. Oh, right. They haven't proven that yet, but that's the allegation yeah, but for $1,000. be a cover-up is what I'm hinting at. It could be. Uh, and then they bri- allegedly bribed this guard, get the keys to the female uh, wing of the jail, and then just let themselves into the female block for some number of hours and do all manner of questionable, horrifying things in there. And then ultimately, the jail, according to the story you're sharing with us, which, by the way, where's the report from, if you don't mind? Reason. Reason Magazine. Uh, According to that report, they're saying that the jail then punished the women after they caught wind of what was allegedly going on. They then took away their quote-unquote, what was it, night privileges or sleep? What was it? Dark, dark Dark, dark privileges. Dark privileges. As though it's a privilege 
to have darkness when you're in jail. And that is a very, you know, sneaky way of trying to get around the idea that this is essentially a torture tactic. This is something that they use when they're trying to deprive somebody of their sanity and break them. One of the techniques, and they did it against, by the way, uh, now uh, Chelsea Manning, but when she was Bradley Manning uh, being held behind bars in federal uh, prison, they tortured uh, Chelsea Bradley in that way by leaving the lights on 24 hours a day. So there's more here from lawandcrime.com, which has a report where they spoke with attorney William McCall, who represents some of the plaintiffs in, apparently there's two lawsuits in this case. One with eight women and one with 20. Yeah. Uh, Quote, amazingly, even though, uh, this this is an excerpt from the lawsuit, even though there were surveillance cameras positioned in locations that showed the male detainees accessing the women's pods, and even though the incident involved multiple male detainees and dozens of victims over an extended period of time, not a single jail officer on duty that night came to the plaintiffs and the other victims. I think they mean came to the aid of the plaintiffs and the other victims, the lawsuit alleges. Attorney McCall, uh, William McCall, who represents some of the plaintiffs, told Law and Crime that the attacks only came to light after one woman complained about the incident and was then moved to a different jail. That woman became pregnant as a result of being oh. raped on the night in question, said the attorney, and later miscarried after she bonded out of custody. McCall said the most... Uh, that most of the female inmates were left, quote, cowering under bunks or hiding in bathrooms, uh, unquote, on the night of the attack, but allowed that at least some of the incarcerated women were willing participants who welcomed their boyfriends over to the pod. One of the women who was sexually assaulted that night but is not a party to the lawsuit is a vir- was a virgin and is a lesbian. But, of course, the question is, will there be qualified immunity that's going to be protecting the jail guards in this case? Uh, in, you know, are the jail guards going to claim that they were just completely unaware of what was going on, despite the fact that there were multiple cameras in there? Not only multiple cameras that the jail operates, but also cameras that were operated by A&E Entertainment or some production company that they hired to produce a show that, Nikki, you looked up and apparently it's been around for seven seasons uh, that is called 60 Days In. It's so, so crazy. I've never heard of this ever. I mean, I don't watch cable, but I've never heard someone mention it or it get talked about on the internet. It's just one of the, reality, the myriad yeah. of reality TV shows. There's so, a lot of jail ones nowadays, too, because people mm-hmm. are just fascinated by it. People love their murder shows. Yeah. They love their jail shows, their police shows. Well, I mean, I, I can understand the fascination. It's a place where most people, hopefully, will never end up spending time. And so it's a sort of mysterious yeah. place where you hear all kinds of horrifying stories. But what's it really like? I've never been fascinated, but when I was a kid, sometimes it would just be like the only interesting thing on uh, mm-hmm. Scared Straight. Scared Straight. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. got to be the first one. And there was actually, the, you're talking about the original one from the 70s or the TV show? The TV show. Oh, so, so if you've never seen the original Scared Straight, they actually showed it to us in government school. Oh, really? Back in the late 1990s. They're like, it, be good kids or else this is going to be you. Yeah, it was like a, it was a one-off special. Nikki, I think you are pretty much a Gen Z, right? Like, based on your age. Bonnie, you're kind of on the borderline. You are could be a millennial, could be, what do they call it, a zennial? Yeah, they the, call the it a zennial. Uh, obviously, we're all individuals. Everybody's different. But they're looking at what younger people here are thinking about sex in regards to the post-row world. Here's the headline from The Insider. Swearing off men and avoiding intimacy... <laughs> Generation Z reconsiders sex in they the wake of what, a post-Roe world. I bet they didn't know what Roe v. Wade was three months ago. <laughs> oh, post-Roe world. Right, meaning that oh. it was overturned, 
recently by the Supreme Court. So now Madeline V might be done with men altogether. Have you ever heard of self-responsibility? A 24-year-old <laughs> marketing assistant who identifies as bisexual, Madeline, who asked that Insider use only her first name, has decided that sticking to female partners may be the safest sexual route these days. It's not a fear of men exactly that has inspired this young woman to consider swearing off an entire gender. It's the heightened fear of an unwanted pregnancy and a subsequent lack of options that has forced her to proceed with sexual caution. I mean, if one option is gone, there's still a lot of options. And I'm not even talking about abstinence, but it is one option. But there's still a lot of options out there. You can get it in your arm. You can use condoms. In early May, Politico obtained and published an unprecedented leaked draft opinion that, as we know, has been adopted. I guess this was written still before... Uh, that officially came out, would overturn the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that guarantees federal abortion rights. And as we know, oh, they say here, and on a Friday, the high court made that ruling official. So this was written just afterwards. Ahead of the final decision, Insider spoke to members of Gen Z, those born after 1996, who said they are rethinking their relationship to sex, intimacy, and hookup culture amid the monumental ruling. Adeline T., a 17-year-old high school student in Houston, Texas, told Insider she was, quote, genuinely terrified, unquote, when she found out Roe might be overturned. Adeline, whose identity is known by Insider, asked her last name not be used. Her conservative home state certainly plays a role in that fear. Texas is one of 13 states with so-called trigger laws that are set to immediately ban all or nearly all abortions in the wake, or rather if the wake of the Supreme Court I think it means in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe. Well, I will say that I am never going to be living in a state where it's illegal to have an abortion if you get raped. Like my uh, one of my best friends that still lives in Texas, Mm -hmm. she just had a baby girl and she's like, I'm not raising my daughter in Texas where even if you get raped, you can't have an abortion. I I would not live in a place where you can't have an abortion if you uh, get raped. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.